My name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a saner, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I can ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loved me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to leave my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Today, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Nyla, and she is my cousin. The thing that I like about this interview is that we have similar backgrounds. So the things Nyla talk about, I can relate to because we kind of grew up the same way. Now, I do want to give you guys a head up. We are going to be mentioning religion. And I just want to say, I am not trying to talk about anyone's religion. But what I am saying that I do feel that at some point in our relationship with God, we've got to put that aside and just focus on having a relationship with him. Because as you'll be able to see, sometimes religion gets in the way of us actually seeing God for who he is because religion kind of skews our view of him or our perception of him because of things that we were taught as kids or things that a particular religion enforces. I'm not going to call out any religion specifically because I think that every religion has some faults and has its flaws with it. And that's why I feel it is so important to have that relationship with God. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Nyla as she talks about how she found God. Hello, Nyla. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. Well, that's good. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out and just talk about your experience for a minute. Um, I do have some questions to ask you, but they're not going to be um, they're not going to be bad questions. So no need to get nervous or scared or anything. I'll probably start with easy questions and then I'll go to not hard ones, but you know, just kind of questions you have to think about answers. Okay. All right. So the first thing I want to ask you is, what was your childhood like? Um, growing up, I grew up seven days in it, so my childhood was very structured. Um, you know. Every Friday night sunset, the Saturday night sunset, we had a whole list of things that we couldn't do. 
um, everything was pretty much planned out. So it was like, you're not gonna eat meat, you're not gonna go to the movies, you're not gonna wear jewelry. Um, we go to church this day, we hang out with these friends, we go to this school. Um, everything was very much structured and chosen. No, I totally understand. And from basically just having such a structured childhood, like what did you think about God? How was he presented to you? For me, God was presented as like this elitist. Um, we even learned that, you know, only these seven-day Adventists were like the true followers of Christ. Um, and if you did any of these other things, you weren't. And you had to live by the strict seven-day Adventist code. Um you know, if not, you get the mark of the beast. Um, so it was very, very judgmental and very elitist. Yes, no, I totally understand because I grew up the same way. So I kind of know exactly what you're talking about. And at one point, I think we even went to the same school, but not at the same time. We went to Delaware, you know, DBJA. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of the same thing. And since we are cousins, we kind of grew up in the same family and we had the same kind of structure or whatever. So, yeah, and it was like a bubble, like this little protective bubble that we lived in where it's like, I don't even remember until high school having friends who weren't seven-day events. Like everyone in our circle believed the same thing, did the same thing. Like we weren't exposed to like diversity. I agree. Actually, I didn't have any friends until I was in college that were not quote-unquote Adventist friends or kids I went to church with. It wasn't until college that I had other friends and then I began to see, oh, wow, there's a whole new world out here. And it was just like amazing because I was in church school from like the time I was born pretty much. Let's just say second grade all the way to 12th grade. So it wasn't until I got to college that I actually saw and that things were different. So no, I, I get where you're coming from and I understand. So I guess basically... Growing up in this type of environment, I know you said you thought God was an elitist. Did you also think that he would be mad or get at you if you didn't do certain things? Were you afraid to talk to him? Like, Yeah, it was very, my view of him was very judgmental. It, like, I never really saw him as, like, loving father, right. brother, like, any of that stuff. Like, looking back, even the Bible stories I learned about him, it was always, he was looking to punish people. He was looking yeah. for reasons to send people to hell. Don't give him one. And like now as an adult rereading some of those stories from a different lens, I see like the loving savior part of it. And I think mm -hmm. that that was missing from my childhood because it was always about don't do this. Don't do that. Right. I also, as a kid, thought that God was this kind of person where if you did, want, you did something wrong, you might as well forget about it because he was going to come get you. And you couldn't go to heaven. And if you didn't do things like get baptized or whatever, like it was just over for you. Which, of course, now that I'm an adult, I know that it's not actually quite true. But at the I time, I ended up getting baptized three times because of that. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I, I want to go to heaven. It's like looking back. Now, I know I've talked to some people who have, who grew up at Venice, and they've said things like, they didn't really have a relationship with God because that was not emphasized. What was you, what's your view on that? Um, for me, I don't feel that my relationship with God turned real until I left the Adventist church. Um, once I became grown and began to experience God in my life, um, apart from like the legalism of it, 
I started to form that relationship with God and that's when he became more real to me. Tell me a positive experience you had and how that affected you and tell me a negative experience you had and how that affected you. Uh, definitely a positive experience that I had was this one um, time, this is in my adult life, my pastor was preaching and he was speaking about how regardless of what you've done in your past, you know, God still has a purpose for you and you still can be used by God. And then he had an altar call and like I had to drag myself to the altar. I really felt like I wanted to go down there, but I also felt this pull that was like, no, I can't go down there because then everybody's going to think I have issues. Um, right. So I made it to the altar. And then once I got there, I just broke down and cried. And to this day, I can't explain what happened, but I felt like this warm embrace around me. Right. And it felt like I was no longer in church. It felt like I was just in this completely peaceful place, like surrounded like in a good way as like a hug and it lasted for about like two minutes and then opened my eyes and I was back in church mm-hmm. but it was just the most peaceful experience I've ever had in my life so what was the negative experience you had I had a lot of negative experience um so when I was younger me and my cousin Shana um both wanted to get baptized because you know we figured that's what you'd do yeah and they actually turned her away and said she couldn't get baptized because she refused to take out her earrings are you serious? Um, yeah, and that was the beginning of me just questioning everything. Um, I had another experience where a homeless man came in to the church like after service and requested a Bible, and I went to give him one of the church's Bible, and they said, no, we can't give him that. We paid good money for that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then the thing that made me leave church altogether, and I actually didn't go back for over a year, was at my mom's funeral um I had just turned 18 so I was wearing this cross that this boy that I like gave me Mm -hmm. um and they wouldn't let me in the service until I took it off and for me that was just the breaking point where I said I can't do this and I didn't go back are you serious Mm -hmm. that is horrible because that is to me that's like the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard like Wearing a, you know, wearing neck, a necklace, whatever, is not going to stop you from going anywhere. But the fact that they were, like, so cruel and actually tried to keep you out of your own mom's funeral because you want to take it off. It's like, what kind of Christianity is that? You know, it makes you wonder, like, what in the world? The fact that you went back after a year is good for you because I probably would have, like, giving everybody the peace sign and a couple other signs and <laughs> called it a day. Yeah, it, it was the thing. And like they, they, the whole, their reasoning behind it was, you know, your mom didn't like jewelry, but she had seen me with it. Like we had already talked about it. I had turned 18. She said I could yeah. keep it. So for them to take that moment and just make it even worse, like it made me not want to even be there for the funeral. Like clearly I was going to stay because that was my mom. Yeah. But it just, like, at that moment, I just felt like I had to get out there. Like, I don't want to be here. And it just made the service that much harder to sit through. Yeah, I can, yeah. I mean, you were at your mom's funeral. And I know what it's like, because, you know, my mom died, too. And it's just like, the funeral in itself is bad enough. But when you have, like, extra things that people are doing to you on the side, like, they had to, like, escalate the situation and make it ten times worse. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry they did that, Nyla. Like, so at what point in your life um, did you get an experience with God that let you know that he just loves you no matter what you do, who you are? Like, when did you find him? Um, well, I talked about that first experience I had, but honestly, um, so I started going to that church. It was a Baptist church in Philly. 
and there was this young adult group and it's crazy looking back like it was definitely god orchestrated that led me to that group because i was still in new jersey and i wasn't really going to church but my boss sexually harassed me so they moved me from the jersey stores to the philly stores because they didn't want to like fire him so they just moved me to a different state and then my new boss turned out she was a christian Mm-hmm. And she invited me to this church. And when I went, you know, I had the experience with God and I joined. Um, and then I ended up joining the choir because her little sister wanted to join the choir. So I was supposed to go to the choir rehearsal with her so she didn't feel alone. Right. She bailed. I stayed. Um, ended up loving the choir. They made me feel very welcome. One of the ladies on the choir, her grandson was diagnosed with cancer. So they were having a fundraiser for him. So I went to that and I saw this group of young adults just having fun and dancing and acting all crazy. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, I want to get to know them because I I heard they came from our church. So I joined that group and it was the most amazing experience ever. It was young adults who were having fun while loving God, where it was just like, yeah, you know, we love God, but we can still love each other and have fun too. And so I would hang out with them, started out like once a week and then twice a week. And then pretty much every day I was talking to somebody from the group and we really just became like family and they helped me grow deeper in relationship with Christ because we weren't just having fun. We were doing Bible studies. We were digging deep into the word and finding out what God himself was saying about like who he was and like the credo was love, fellowship and the word of God. Um, with love being the central focus so like even when we were learning about theology and all of that because the leader you know was going to seminary everything we learned was centered around a loving God and it really changed how we looked at verses in the Bible so with that being said I know you have a daughter how do you plan to show her that God loves her what do you plan to teach her so that she won't have the same misconception or perception about God that you had Um, Well, one, I don't limit her circle of friends. Like, I'm not going to put her in a position where she has friends that are bad influences. But I also don't keep her in a bubble. Like, she knows people that are gay. She knows people that are transgender. She knows people that um, she doesn't understand abortion, I guess. But, like, she's going to know people who have stories that are non-traditional. I also teach her, you know, God is love. And we will even, it's so funny, because she's only 20 months, but she can say, first Corinthians 13 like we recite it together love is patient love is kind and she will repeat after me and like really me and Jordan just try to model that for her and especially the good thing with his job um, because he's a community organizer Mm -hmm. he gets to see like people who are marginalized and so we take her to protest so she learns how to help people fight for their rights um things like that and we even show her like you know if Jesus was here, he'd be marching for Black Lives Matters and things like that. No, I agree with you because my girls, like, I would tell them, I guess what I did, like, I didn't tell them all the things I was taught as a kid about this is wrong, this or whatever. So a lot of the things I couldn't do, like listen to certain kind of music or wear makeup or jewelry, I let them do become just like, this is things kids do. These are things people do. It's not wrong. And I don't think that that's going to take us to hell for wearing jewelry or makeup or anything like that. So I let them do those things. And I've always told them, like, if there is someone in your school who's getting bullied, especially if they are gay 
or homosexual and you see someone picking at them, I was like, it's your right to stand up for them because you cannot walk by and let people be bullied just because people feel like this is quote unquote wrong. Like who's to say anything? None of us are God. So none of us know any of that. Only God does. And I told them they're supposed to treat people with love. And I guess I'm, I like you trying to teach your kids. I was trying to teach my daughters, like, you can't be judgmental. You cannot judge people. And you need to have an open mind because you don't know where people come from, what the background is like. And most importantly, none of us know anyone's heart. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that actually counts. And like the thing is, the more you restrict your children, they're, they're eventually going to buck up against it anyway. Like, I remember always having to save my whole paycheck and not being able to spend money on anything. And then right. like being grown and wasting all of my money because I felt like it was going to be taken from me. So it's like, you try to protect your kids, but if you don't do it in a healthy way and you don't do it in a way that still allows them to be themselves, they're going to, like, they actually are going to explode and it's going to be way worse, you know? That's true. So how does your husband feel about, have you ever talked to him about how you were brought up or anything? Like, what does he think? Yeah, we talk about it all the time. And I think that's what helps us to help Noel um, not go through, you know, the same and like be free to be her. Mm-hmm. because like talking about the way you're raised how do you feel about god now i love him like god has just been showing himself in my life in like not a legalistic way but in a relationship way to mm-hmm. where like i feel more connected to him i feel like i'm always learning like that's one thing that i realized about god i was like i'm on this side of earth i will never fully know him um and I think that's the thing too that we sometimes get wrong where it's like we think we made it and we think this is this and it's like God created us in his image and we right. evolve like we learn we grow so who's to say that like we have all the knowledge of God like he's you know what I mean yeah no that's true because even now I find myself like learning new things and understanding things in different ways like I can read the same text like over again and then when I read it the next time I'm just like oh I never saw this before like an example I was reading the other day um they were talking about how it was in John it was saying how God loved us even if we didn't love him but you know normally when I read it I'm just like okay he loved us even if, if we didn't love him but this time when I read it I was like okay so what this is saying to me is that if I never choose to love God if I never choose him he still loves me and he's still going to look out for me. He's still going to watch me and bless me because he loves me and God is love. It's like it hit, finally. Like, mm-hmm. after all these years, it finally just clicked. Like, oh, so God loves you regardless of whether you accept him or not. And that's why he died for us, knowing that some of us would not accept him. But he did it anyway. And so it just made sense to me at that moment. So I understand. It's like you learn things every day. And it's just amazing the way God shows himself to us that we never thought of before or took for granted yeah and it's crazy because when you really read the bible too mm-hmm. like you learn like you know how um basically we were like raised as a uh, vegetarian yeah was, like, you know eating meat was unclean and all this other stuff there's literally stories in the bible that contradicts most of the legalism that we learn like, there's literally a verse in the Bible that says one man chooses to eat meat, the other chooses to eat vegetables. Let each one be persuaded in their own mind. But we don't we yeah. don't read those because they don't go with our 
legalistic narrative. For a long time, I was like, okay, this just doesn't seem right because all the things I'm reading in the Bible is not matching up with all the things that we were taught as kids. And I remember one week I came to church, I had a cute outfit on, the same outfit I wore to work. And why were there people at church telling me, oh, your outfit is too short or your outfit is too this and you shouldn't be wearing that or you shouldn't wear this. And then it clicked. I was like, you know, what am I doing? I was like, first, I was like, I don't really believe half the stuff that we're talking about. I was like, now people are jumping on me about clothes and this had nothing to do with anything. And of course I did tell them a couple of things and then they all backed off. But the point was, I was going to church being defensive because I'm not changing who I am. That's just how it is. I am who I am and I'm going to stick with that. So I was defensive, like, let somebody say one more thing to me about my outfit. I'm going to do this and that. And it was stressful. And church should not be stressful. You should not be like on edge going to church and in defense mode, ready to fight people when you're going to church because of how people are acting. So it was during that time I was just like, you know what? I think I'm kind of done. I'm like, I'm not getting anything from this. And I'm always in defense mode. And I'm always telling my kids, I know this is what they say, but you don't have to do this because God loves you. And I'm like, if I have to constantly tell them this while we are in church, then why am I here? If I'm having to tell them all the time, well, you don't have to listen to this. And I'm like, they don't, but why am I continuing to go somewhere mm-hmm. where I'm always doing like uh, another statement, trying to tell people, is, you know, telling my kids, I don't want you to listen to this. I don't want you to listen to that. Like wherever we go, it should be a place where you're comfortable, where you're okay with your kids hearing certain things and you shouldn't have to tell them, don't listen to this. You don't have to listen to that or ignore this person, ignore that one. So that was pretty much the turning point for me because I feel like you said a relationship with God is the most important thing. And I think religion does hinder people mm-hmm. from getting to know God because it controls you and makes you do certain things and make you think that if you don't do it, you're going to go to hell, which is not true. My whole thing is like, I don't think religion is the way to go. I think it's about that relationship with God. So as we close, what would you tell somebody who is looking for a relationship with God? How would you tell them to start that journey? I would tell them to find like-minded individuals. Um, Definitely study the word for themselves so that they can tell like when people are trying to give them their own philosophies um, and then just sit in quiet. Like one thing my pastor told me that is so true is that, you know, it's easier to hear God in the noise if you learn how to hear him in the silence. So like what I first started out in my relationship doing was just, just sitting in my closet um, and not saying anything at all. Right. And it took a while like for me to be able to actually like feel his nuggings and like hear his voice. And now it's to the point where, like, I could be out in public and I'm, I'm about to pick something up. And he's like, no, don't pick that up. Pick this up instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but that takes spending time and, like, right. really being willing to just sit in the silence until you hear him. You know, because I feel like a lot of times we want instant results. And it's like, it's not a tarot card reading. Like, you're not going to instantly know your fortune. Like, you have to actually develop a relationship with him. And it does take time. I like that. I like the fact that you pointed out it does take time and you have to actually spend some time with him to sit in quiet. So thank you so much, Nyla, for spending time with me and telling me your story. I truly appreciate it. You are welcome.
Wow, what an amazing interview. The thing that I like the most about this interview is when we talk about how Nyla is working on doing things differently with her daughter and teaching her things that she didn't learn as a child and helping her to see God in a different way. And I think that is key because all of us have grown up in households and different environments where maybe God was not presented to us the way that he really is. Many of us didn't get a chance to see a loving God. And some of us didn't get a chance to see a God that loves you no matter what. Regardless of what your perception of God was as a child, if it was not good and if it was not honest and truly who he was, then it's something we don't want to pass on to our kids. We don't want our kids to have this flawed perception of who God really is. And so I like how she talks about things that she's doing to let them know, to let her daughter know that God is full of love. He loves her. He loves what she's doing. He wants them to help other people. I just love the values that she's trying to instill in her daughter. And you know what? We don't have to accept what we've been taught as kids and pass that same philosophy on to our kids. We can do things differently. As long as we are alive, we can do things differently. Another thing that stands out to me is how she talks about her story and she talks about what she went through as a child and how her relationship with God was based off of legalism and things she could and could not do. And how as she got older, she began to see that it was different. But in order for her to get to that point, she went through some things and she had some trials and she had things happen to her that helped her get to that point. And the reason this stood out to me because I know all of us have had things happen to us. And the things that have happened to us have made us stronger, have made us people who are able to get past that situation and find God and see him in a way we've never seen him before, sometimes because of our trials. And I know God does not make these things happen to you. God does not bring trials onto you. It's just that we live in a world that's full of pain and full of sin that things happen to us. But in the midst of things happening to us, God is there with us and he brings us through. And that is the thing that I love about her story, that God was able to bring her through from that situation and put her in a place where she was able to see him for who he really was and see how much he loved her. So no matter what you're going through, no matter where you are right now, just know that God has not forsaken you. God has not left you. He is with you and he is going to bring you through and let you see him for who he really is and he is going to be with you. Now the song we're going to listen to today is from Cash Memphis. He is our artist of the week. And he was on a few weeks ago, so if you have not heard his story, please go back a couple of episodes and listen to his story as he talks about how he found God in brokenness and how he also used, how God used that brokenness to help him become a rapper and fulfill his dream. Here is one of his songs. It's called Cautionary Tale. And I love this song, and I just feel like it fits in with what we're talking about because this song talks about how our life experiences brings us to a point where we find God. So here's the song, Cautionary Tale by Cash Memphis.
Let me get the piece of paper in the pen. Let me tell you about my plight. Let me write about my life of sin. You want to talk to me some time and some space. And then I'll tell you a story about God's amazing grace. Come on. 1990, I was just a 10-year-old kid. And God chose me not a wonder he did. Maybe it was to save me from the stupid, selfish, and foolish things that I did. Yeah, so I could eternally live at that. 15, I walked away. Started to invest in things that would lead me astray. Started to partake in things that would make me insane. And waking up, looking in the mirror, I don't even know my own name. Yet I recognize these old shackles and familiar chains. When instead I should be giving you praise. I'm in this doubt, I'm in this trench, Lord, drowning in my sin. And I need your holy hands. Pull me out once again, Lord. I'm a charity case. I'm a cautionary tale, but do I sin or a saint? I bet y'all really wondering what it's like to be me. Well, I'm just sitting here pondering what it's like just to be free. Ready, ready, aim, fire. Ready, ready, aim, fire. Ready, 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 aim, fire. Phase three of the plan. Seven years, hard time between the rack and the stand. I wasn't living for you, yo, I was living for man. I was serving the evil one, putting stacks in my hands. I was claiming a new year, proclaiming I'm redeemed. Living good on the outside, but it ain't what it seems. While I was living like dirt, I was praising my king. What is wrong with me? But they say, you want some Marvin Gaye, Luther Van Ross? I was out there bumping the God, I was living in loss. When you was being mobbed, tried to kill the log? Just be done with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. But then you began to figure this God thing out. And fake people show what they're truly about. They about filling their pockets and filling their seats. They ain't about raising their hands or praising a king. Come on, CHH, little gospel, big beats. I'm keeping both of you on pace. Are you feeling me? Cause this ain't what it's supposed to be about. So let me submit a memo and I'll supply it out. One, shouldn't it be about pointing these people up to him? Two, shouldn't it be about pointing sinners from sin? Three, shouldn't it be about pointing lost from the darkness to light? And it gotten them from death to life? And five, should we be introducing them to Christ? Cause we living in these dark, hard, and perilous times. So if you don't mind, it's my story and I'd like to share it. But while you're at it, staring at my soul, you might feel it. See, the thing about this journey is, is now when I look in the mirror at myself, I'm not ashamed of who I am. So I'ma do me, and you do you. You feel? But y'all best believe I'ma be on task. I'ma rise and shine with my foot on the gas. Cause I'm pulling the kill switch like the cousin Kawhi. Four bounces and a switch, I ain't letting it go to overtime. If you want saved in these streets, fam, it's best to beware. Cause I'm coming equipped, I'm coming prepared. I got the mission and the vision, the keys who down the ride looking for. Det 
before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you guys so much for spending time with me and for hanging out with me. I just love hearing all these amazing stories of how people found God. So if you have a story that you would like to share about how you found God, just let me know by going to our Facebook page and message me and say, I have a story I want to share and I will more, be more than happy to have you on the show so you can share your story of how you found God. I also want to encourage you guys to share the podcast with a friend. You can share this episode or another episode that resonated with you, or you can just share the link so that you can share this episode with a friend. Many of us understand about religion. We know about church, but we don't know how to find God. And I think sometimes it's exciting and it is refreshing to hear how people found God and how people got a relationship with God and hear about their journey so that we can have an idea of what we could do or can do. So if you know someone who's looking for God, please, by all means, share this episode with a friend. If you would like to get in contact with Nyla, all of her information is found in the show notes. All you have to do is click on the link and you will definitely be connected to her. If you would like to get in contact with me, all of my information is in the show notes and all you have to do is click the link and you can get in contact with me as well. All right, well guys, I think that's all for today. I hope you have an amazing day. Enjoy your weekend and I will see you next week on Finding God. Bye-bye.